Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. My guest today was an absolute joy to talk to, and I learned so much about her. Loved it, loved getting to know what she's passionate about and hearing her thoughts on all of all kinds of topics. Just delightful. I really, really enjoyed it, and I know you will too. Here is my conversation with Ethel Nelson. I'm thankful that you agreed to have this conversation with me because I know at first you were like, just if I'm at, you know, if you got to scrape the barrel. Yeah. But I had a specific request that somebody really wanted you to be on the podcast. So I guess that's what it took. <laughs> well, I, I feel very, I, because I am so chatty. So it's not that I can't have a conversation. It, it can be difficult for me to narrow and not broaden the views, as you can mm-hmm. see. So feel free to rein in. <laughs> Well, my first question is, who are you? Well, Jamie, I took a lot of notes and submitted them to you so you can kind of follow along. (laughs) Uh, I did that for the benefit of anybody who might be listening to try to keep me on track. But I consider myself one of God's silver children, which over 60. I'm married to David, and I often call him Mr. Nelson, but that's just very much a tongue-in-cheek uh, <laughs> play on a comedy I saw years ago, and so it just it stuck with me, and, and I love calling him Mr. Nelson. And then I'm the mother of Derek and Heather and Mikey, and grandmother of Lillian and Kipton. Uh-huh. That's who I am. And where are you from? I was born and raised in Yakima, so I have not traveled far in my life. And in about 1980, uh, early 80 or late 79, I came to Kennewick, and I've been here ever since. Yeah. So that's a while. You've been here for a long time. (laughs) I should know more people considering how long I've lived here. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your family. You can start with your family of origin and then tell me about your family now. Okay. Well, I actually uh, was born into what was being now called a blended family, but it was uh, my dad was widowed and had three children from a prior marriage and met my mom. So I had three older half siblings and then uh, one of them was young enough to be raised in the home with us and Uh, was my older brother in the home. And then I had one full sibling. So my mom had two children that we knew of. And uh, that's how we were raised. And then my dad was, uh, he had a a terminal kidney illness and died by the time I was 12. So that left us with just a, a struggling little family and lots of people were in that situation. But that's kind of how we how we rolled mm-hmm. wow wasn't that little of a family <laughs> <laughs> no it's that's true <laughs> and the family got bigger as the years went on it was really an interesting story 
Well, tell me about your family now. So now I live with David and we no longer have children at home. Um, they're all partnered up and, and have their own lives and happily so. Our youngest is in Everett and married and has a little one. And our middle daughter, our middle child is here. She has a daughter and a husband and our son has a significant woman in his life and, and they're together. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So three kids. And mm-hmm. and was that how many grandkids? Was that two? I have two. I have two okay. grandkids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And what is is was your occupation? I uh interesting. Well, not very interesting. I did not go to college. I uh, I worked at Miner's Drive-In. That was my first real regular dro- job in Yakima. And mm-hmm. anybody around here knows Miner's. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked there for about three years. Learned tons of interesting things about being a grown-up while I worked at Miner's. And back in the day, it was a small box full of women. So I learned about pecking order and all <laughs> kinds of things. So it, it actually was a great job. It was my favorite job I've ever worked, oddly enough. Um, I like to think I could still build a minor burger if I had to. But <laughs> um, after that, I worked um, for DOE as a contracts clerk until I left to have the second child. And I was a stay-at-home mom for years did a little merchandising and then in later years I worked as a legal assistant for about 16 years in basically in family law. Mm -hmm. And you're retired now from that? I am. And so what what how do you spend your days? That's a really hard question. First of all, I'm a little chaotic, so I'm not one of those people that has does the same thing the same way every day. And I admire people like that. I wish my brain worked that way. Um, <laughs> Mr. Nelson is very organized and very routine and scheduled, and I am like the butterfly that you have to cast a net out there and kind of <laughs> rein him in. So I feel... Yeah, I feel very much like David herds me and that I am the errant sheep that needs herding. Okay. Uh, that's the best way I could describe it. I love so, no this description. Team. I love it. So it just yeah. depends on the day. It it kind of does. I mean, you know, you, you get up, hopefully you remember to take all of your medications when you need to take them. And, you know, you kind of, yeah, I I definitely am not a structured person. I've admired structured people always. Uh, I've spent many of my years really just feeling inadequate because I'm not structured. And I've come to realize that, you know, I think this is just how God made me. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, are, uh, what are your interests and hobbies? Interests and hobbies. I love to listen to podcasts, um, audiobooks. I like to talk. If talking were a hobby, I think I would have that polished. Um, <laughs> I do love children. I love art, creative things. I appreciate great design in things like 
appliances or, interestingly, yard equipment. Holy cow, somebody do something. You know, <laughs> lawnmowers where you have to pull cords so hard or holding um, weed trimmers, things like that. So this year I've been out in the yard, which I never have, and I'm starting to appreciate how they could be designed better for the way women's bodies are structured. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I diverted diverted there. <laughs> I like to sew, cook. Um, love my instant pot, my air fryer, and I don't know, just kind of a little of everything. Mm-hmm. I'd love to. I'd love to know if you have some instant pot recipes that you that are tried and true. Well, I've been doing an instant pot carnitas that I really like, and uh, when I get done with them in the instant pot, then I spray up. Uh, a cookie sheet with some ham, spread them out, and then crisp them up in the oven. Mm. Um, and I have an instant pot pinto beans recipe that I really like. I make it a lot, and uh, it has no meat in it, but it just has a lot of cumin and different spices. Mm-hmm. And then I also routinely make yogurt, which is just delicious. Wow. I've never yeah. tried that with my instant pot. I have a yogurt maker, so I just always make my oh, yogurt in that. Okay. But okay. I have heard you could use instant pot for yogurt. I'll have to try that sometime. So yeah. what are you passionate about? Uh, well, yeah, I'll look at my list that I have, and it's pretty large. But one that I forgot to include, Jamie, was um, – Obesity, obesity treatment, obesity politics, uh, the shame of obesity. It's been a huge part of my life. I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I underwent a gastric sleeve procedure. I'm very open about talking about it. Did lots of research beforehand. It is not a cure. I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, obesity is not simply a matter of too many calories in, not enough exercise. There's a lot more to it, including genetics, metabolism, how our bodies are affected by disease processes. So anyway, I'm passionate about that. I'm Mm -hmm. passionate about transgender issues. Um, I have a loved one who is transgender, and I I care very much about transgender community. Uh, It's really a important topic for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm passionate about uh, normal and what normal means and inviting people in, especially in the church, that I think that the ideas of normal and and what are barriers keeping people away, I think we have to look at those really seriously. Uh, forgiveness, what forgiveness is, and what it is not, and differentiating for myself. Uh, if Whether you forgive someone does not necessarily mean that you offer yourself up to be walked on, and mm-hmm. those are kind of things. So peeling back the things that separate us, very passionate mm-hmm. about all of those things, healing, um, reconciliation mm-hmm. in the church, gender, gender issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I love hearing about such a variety and um, 
I mean, yes, it's enough, but no, I mean, I'm sure you're passionate <laughs> about all kinds of things. <laughs> I can tell that you are. That's so how and, when, how and when did you connect with the Vine Church? Uh, I knew of the Vine because I know, I've known the Reason River family for many years. Wynette's father was the preacher at the church that we all attended for many, many years. So that would be our home church. And he did retire. And uh, Micah was a youth pastor there. And there, there was a period where I did not attend church at all. And it had been about 10 years or maybe even longer than that. So during that time, Micah and Sarah church planted the vine. So I really was not interested in attending church, but there came to be a point where I felt called to do this for myself. And I very cautiously walked in the door and had a, a first outing. And it was totally shocking to me because it was completely different than anything I was used to. Uh, but not in a bad way, shocking. So it was some time later before I had come back, and I kind of eased into it and find that I just love it there. Mm -hmm. And so when was that, when you first came? I think maybe three years ago, I'm guessing. Something like that, yeah. I would love to, to, I would love if you could share an overview of your faith journey. Okay. Um, where you have been and, yeah. and where you are now. Okay. Uh, I was raised in a very conservative, non-denominational Christian organization. And uh, I was raised in a very traditional way, I believe, where it was very much a man's world. Men were the only ones who could lead the service, lead singing, lead prayer do the table, everything. And I actually believed it that way all of my life. I was raised in the same church. It was how I was indoctrinated. And uh, I was not open at all to the view of including all kinds of others. And just take the, the subject of homosexuality, for example. I remember very much being a young mother, listening to conservative talk radio hosts and all kinds of things that were very in in the day. And I had this very great idea of family values and what was allowed and what wasn't. And uh, just, it, it was like a tight collar around your neck. Uh, today, I feel so blessed to have been able to be freed. That collar is off of my neck. I no longer feel compelled to sort out who gets to go to heaven or what God approves of in people. It, it's so freeing. It just is, I, I'm just thankful that God, I'm thankful I lived long enough to see this day. So if I don't live another day, I have received a great reward, this freedom. Uh, so, yes, I, I absolutely was there and I'm not now and it's wonderful and I just ask God to that I turn decisions like who gets in who doesn't I turn those over to him 
I don't have to worry about those. Those are not my concern. Mm -hmm. I don't have to bar people at the door. They get to be invited in. It's not my job to sort them. That's such a wonderful feeling. Mm -hmm. So today, I, I think recently it occurred to me that when we talk about God's church and what it looks like, and thinking back to last week's lesson from Sarah and Micah in particular, um, it just occurred to me that, you know, really the church is very river-like. It is established anew every day. You know, you can't step into the same river twice. I don't know that I can step into the same church twice. Uh, it's not mine to define. It's not mine to control. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Is there a person or life event that has significantly influenced your faith journey? And I can say yes. My sister, Netta, uh, I was very broken as a young woman and had what probably would be considered a breakdown of a kind. Uh, and she and her husband, Ken, took me in, and that's how I ended up in Kennewick, you know, 90 miles away from my hometown in Yakima. <laughs> but it was, it was their generosity, and uh, they, they did reflect Christ to me. They were of the, the church, you know, that I had grown up in, and, and yet even with all of the, the teachings and that view, their love was boundless, and it, it totally saved my life in, in many ways. And so, yes, I think uh, you know, family members can be very generous. I will say that they were generous in a very Christ-like way. Mm -hmm. How about a story of when you knew God was real, if you have one? <laughs> And I really don't. I, I think I wrote uh, that I would lie on that cold wooden pew as a child listening to sermons. But I, I had very fanciful visions of Jesus going up into heaven and all of these things being played out in the child's mind listening to grown-up Bible lessons. And... Uh, I really found that I couldn't separate my understanding for many years. Those visions just, uh, they were my reference point. So that was a very childlike view. Uh, philosophically, you know, when we raise our children in the church, we are, we are giving them our view of God. We're giving them, we're exposing them to a certain set of reality. And so I, I think it's not, it's very understandable when we get to be teenagers and young adults and we question all of that and, and go off and, and even become atheists and everything because it, it just all seems kind of outlandish. You know? <laughs> From a child's perspective, it is. They're pretty wild kinds of things to try to understand. So um, I've really enjoyed peeling back those fanciful stories and trying to displace some of those uh, early indoctrinations and just kind of come to my own adult uh, relationship with God that isn't steeped in drama, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I enjoy, enjoy all of that. Mm -hmm. What is one question that you have for God? <laughs> well, 
You know, I've listened to your podcasts and we all have, it's just interesting. It's so difficult to narrow down one. Everybody says the same thing, one. So I, I thought, know. Well, what's something obscure that I might ask God? And I decided to ask him if I have ever encountered an angel in my earthly life and who was it and when. Uh, I've always thought the concept of angels were fascinating. And I'd like to think that there are angels among us. Uh, it just would be nice to know. It, and it would also be nice to know if, if we did entertain an angel unaware, did we do the right thing? Did we do the wrong thing? How can we learn from it? You know, what did we, what did we ignore? What should I have done differently? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great question. <laughs> I'd love to know the answer to that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to wrap it up with just a few okay. more questions. Okay. What is something good that's come out of this pandemic for you in your life? Um, I, I think just to boil it down, I'm more aware now of how I need to be proactive in community. Uh, I did finish the servant leadership course that I was taking with Steve and Micah. Uh, we all had been participating in it when COVID restrictions came in place. And we finished it online, so using Zoom. And it was so impactful and empowering for me. But uh, I can honestly tell you that I, I realize how difficult it is to keep us all engaged. Uh, it's difficult for Sarah and Micah to deliver lessons that draw us in and keep us feeling connected. It's difficult for you to, uh, your, your challenge with being a community coordinator in a time when we don't get to be physical community. So it's difficult for me as a Vine attendee or member to uh, feel that kinship. You know, some of us are huggers and we're used to going to church and giving and getting hugs. We're used to just smiles or frowns or eating a cookie at the coffee pot or whatever it is. And so all of that is missing. And uh, I feel very challenged to try to help participate because I hate for us to, any of us to feel isolated and disassociated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have noticed that you have been more active in your um, comments and such on the Vine Church community page, which is awesome. So I have, I have loved that and that connection. And you did mention that you've been listening to the podcast. And I feel like for me personally, uh -huh. being uh -huh. able to have these conversations yeah. has been so great to get to know people. Yeah. And right. so, so I'm glad that you've been able to listen and I hope that yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope that it's helping to facilitate that connection at least for yeah. um for when you see these people the next time in right. you know right and and I, you know and yeah. we can even reach out through you know through the yeah. community page or or phone call or whatever 
even if we don't really have a relationship, but now that we right. know more, you know, about right. them, that's how I feel. So I, I do too. I, I really with you, Jane. I, I feel like, um, okay. So I was looking at the Vine community page and trying to peel back. What's the objective of the page? Because I look over at the description and, you know, I'll tell you honestly, what's kind of intimidating is, what's worthy of going on to the Vine community page. That's kind of a hard jumping off point. So if you are just the average Vine member, are you supposed to share that you ate a great tasting pizza on the Vine community page? Are you supposed to only share news? Uh, this is just some input. Yeah. Um, if I know somebody is sick and struggling, if I have their permission, I'm supposed to put it on there or it's, it's kind of tough. Like I'm not sure that the community members are even certain of how we can utilize the buying community page. You don't want it to be gossipy. You, know? right. you don't want it to be finger pointing. You don't want to shame anybody for not showing up. It, it's kind right. of tricky territory. So I think we're all kind of inventing this process along the way. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it would be great. I would love to see that page kind of be alive with yeah. uh, members just checking in. Um, I think it would feel really good. I would enjoy it. So I'll do what I can. I probably will make some weird comments or something along the way. I don't know, but I'm challenged with trying to figure out how to yeah. boost that page. Okay. Well, I appreciate that feedback. And I think what you've been doing has been awesome. And I think that it is what we make it. So it is our community page. And I would love to know if somebody had a delicious pizza. Personally, okay. I'd like that. Yeah. I'd like to see a yeah. picture of your dinner. Right. I want to know what's, what's people, what are people making for dinner? Share a recipe right. here. I think it can be everything from that to some of the things you, you described. So it just, it's going to be what we make it. So it's, so I really appreciate your, your feedback and, um, and your involvement in in that. That's just great. So, and I'm, I'm with you on, I'm on that page with you too. I'd love to participate more and see, and, and be able to engage more through that. No, I, tool, so. I think so. And I'm just going to tell you like the Grace Grace Clinic podcast you did. Fantastic. Uh, ultimately, in a different day and time, we could have podcasts that include lots of local organizations and things. But um, we are, you are challenged right now about even, even if I am participating in something, it's more likely going to be a remote thing. So, I, uh, Anyway, I would just encourage my fellow podcasters, podcast listeners out there to dig into the page and see if we can make it kind of ours. Yes. I think that would be great. I love that. Me too. And by the way, there is another um, non- local nonprofit episode that's coming out next week. Oh, so by the time good. this one comes out, okay, it will already be okay. up on the podcast. Perfect. But Perfect. that is the goal is to include those on a regular basis. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, that part's awesome for me too. Loving yeah. that. So. Yeah. I love it All right. Too. Well, I have two more questions for you. No, three. Okay. What is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri-Cities? And, and really, we just don't get go-to food or to-go food. 
go oh, go to order if I was sitting down. Oh, I have one now. Uh, at Azteca, they have something on the lunch menu now called a Mexi bowl. I think it, it's fantastic. It's the right portion of food. It has a delicious chicken and sauce, little rice. It's got vegetables. It's got pineapple. It's got everything, and it's not too much food. It's just delicious. So I'm going to say that. Mm, Mexi bowl at Azteca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. What is the title of the last book that you read? Um, there were two at the same time. The first was Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. And Rachel actually gave me that reference. He was a Holocaust survivor and a psychiatrist extremely good in fact i will re-listen to that one probably 10 times and the other one was the mind body prescription healing the body healing the pain by dr john sarno another deceased physician but oddly enough uh, i learned that howard stern had addressed his back pain through dr sarno and his methods and so i've given that a listen and i will probably re-listen to that as well Interesting. So you mm-hmm. like to listen to books. I do. Mm-hmm. It, I, I find it, it's a vision thing and just the, the concentration that I need visually to read is a little unpleasant. So I do listen. Oh, I love audiobooks because you can also do yeah. something else while you listen, like walk right, right, or, right, right. You, you know, crochet. Not that I crochet, but um, right. I want to learn how to crochet one day. But anyway, <laughs> I love that you can do that at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last question I have for you is what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? And I, it's, you know, really if the word joy, I do connect with grandchildren. Uh, Lillian is almost seven and she lives in Pasco and she can make me gooey. It's just really amazing. Um, Kipton is about six months old. He lives in Everett. I haven't gotten to see him since he was a newborn. He was born right at the outbreak of COVID. So I'm actually pretty fortunate that I got to spend time with him at all. But uh, they, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, I am hearing that from a lot of grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Well, the politics of parent-child are out of the picture when it's a grandchild. <laughs> yeah, <It's> nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Ethel. You're welcome. Thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. This was my pleasure, and I'm just so thankful that uh, you agreed to it after I after I had to like, you know, get back to you. But I think that, I think that the, a lot of people are going to, um, a lot of people aren't really comfortable with this yet. And maybe they never will be, but you know what? I did my first uh, couples interview yesterday. Oh. So I interviewed a couple and they were both hesitant to do it on their own, but then right. they, together they felt like they could do it. And so it was great. great. So I'm hoping yeah. that there are going to be a few more couples that would like to yeah. do it together as well. So as long as people say, yes, oh, I yeah. will just keep doing this. And I'm hope, hoping that everyone eventually will, <laughs> will be a part of it. Right. Well, I think if I can give anybody an in, 
you and I are talking on Zoom right now. And mm-hmm. so it does feel very much more at ease than you might think. So I was kind of dreading it too, but I thought, okay, Ethel, you're a talker, so you can do this, right? And I think that anybody could, and you don't have to have as many words as I produce. You could produce <laughs> way fewer words and be very effective. But it, it is encouraging for your other line members. Um, I, I think it's a really good thing to do. Brave people that preceded me in doing this, thank you to all of you. Every single one of you were very interesting to listen to. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.